Hey, baseball fans, this is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app. This is the Athletic Baseball Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. That is hammered. Oh, my. Man, that ball got out of here in a hurry. You know, anything travels that far ought to have a damn stewardess on it, don't you think? This is a simple game. You throw the ball, you hit the ball, you catch the ball. You got it! You're listening to The Roundtable with Grant Brisby, Andy McCullough, and Mark Carrig on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode number 79 of The Roundtable. I'm Grant Brisby here with Andy McCullough and Mark Craig. Uh, Andy, how you doing today? I'm okay. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to Mark. Happy New Year to all the roundtable heads. Uh, 2024 is going to be a big year for the roundtable. Or not. We might get canceled. Who can say? But uh, let's be optimistic, right? Yeah. Optimistic. Mark, how you doing? I hear we might be canceled. That's the rumor. What are you talking about? You're the CFO of... You're the one who decides that, you idiot. The athletic. I don't handle the audio stuff, you guys. No, I mean, I'm going to handle Grant's word lengths this year. <laughs> we're having a meeting about it at 1 o'clock today. Um, we're deciding between 800 words and 900 words for every story that he writes. I'm on so. vacation, so don't send that shit to me until, like, next Monday. <laughs> Grant's got Ooh. a hard out at, uh, at 9.55 because he needs to gear up for his meeting with you where you teach him how to write. <laughs> <laughs> now he's going to go sort through his Giants jerseys, Otani, Yamamoto. Ooh. All right, well, that's a good segue. That's a good segue. Yamamoto to the Dodgers since we've done this. They effectively bought a country. Uh I mean, you know what I mean? Like, No, but as as far as just interest, they bought just you're going to see kids in Dodgers hats uh, in throughout Japan for decades. And that's I don't know. To me, that's worth a billion dollars. But I don't know. Maybe you disagree. It makes baseball sense. It may if they have the money, do it. I don't know. It pisses me off. Well, they're not even spending a billion dollars. That's the crazy part of it. Oh, right. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's the thing. And so, like, I was uh, I was someone I was on um, friend of the show, uh, Mike Farron's radio show, maybe like a week before Yamamoto signed or like three or four days before Yamamoto signed. And he was like, do you think the Dodgers have a chance? I was like, yeah, they have a chance. But like they tend not to go to the top of the market. Right. They just they've never they've in the time that Andrew Friedman has run the team. They have never gone to the top of the market and gotten a player before Otani. Right. Like they didn't get Cole. They didn't get Rendon. Uh, they didn't get Harper or whatever, blah, 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 blah. You know they got Freeman. He, that wasn't at the top of the market. They got okay. him because the Braves wouldn't go six years. They got him because the Braves were just like, farewell, my friend. You know, we've got Matt Olson. Like, that's why they, they play around the backboard, right? And I was like, I think they'll be in a similar situation on this. I suspect, blah, 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 blah. 
What I didn't take into account, and which I think the industry is grappling with now, is that Otani gave them a credit card. He gave them $680 million of money that they can use. And so all of that restraint that they had practiced in recent years, you know, even when they were spending a ton, they can just go because they've got free money because of Otani's contract. And so that's why they gave Tyler Glass now, who obviously super talented pitcher, but also has thrown 120 innings once. They gave him $110 million. Because it's like, eh, what, we got this money, we got him, we think he could be a, you know, a number one when he's healthy, blah, blah, blah. And so it just resets the, the sort of financial outlook for the franchise in a way that, man, they are going to be a juggernaut financially, I think. And it's going to be really interesting to see how they decide to allocate the money. And like 12 years for Yamamoto, that's a long time. I mean, that is a long, long time. time. So, long yeah, time. interesting, interesting stuff. Dude, the Shohei Otani equity line of credit. That's really what they've done with, with no interest, basically. Pretty 0% brilliant. APR. I love it. I wish I could get that on this house. Yeah, right. We'd have an addition <laughs> by now. I'd but, like a 0% yeah. credit card. Yeah, that would be... No, it's a home equity uh, um, comp. Like that, and that's essentially what it is and is brilliant. And so like the way you said it, Andy, I think is is really smart. The way they need to be measured is how are they using this Shohei Otani equity line of credit from here on out? Because that's really what they bought with him. Like it's such a, I mean, I will never forget that. Like I think it was Fabian Ardaya texted me that day that that he broke the story on on the um, uh, deferrals, and I read what the number was. It's like two million a year, and I called him. I went, "Hey, I think you're missing like a zero. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Are you sure? I'm like, dude, I'm positive. Are you shitting me? Like, no, I'm not. This is I'm like, oh, wow. So anyway, um, I think that is a really smart thing to that's the lens with which to evaluate the Los Angeles Dodgers moving forward is how are they maximizing the fact that this unicorn gave them a free pass to surround him with talent? And you know what? Yamamoto. Um, yes, that is a long deal. But I got to say, what a really smart thing to do. I mean, to me, like at, at 25 and all that, and, you know, Grant brings up the point of buying the country of Japan as far as fandom goes. Oh, man, that's worth it. I think it's 100% worth it. I, I mean, you, they just got themselves a generation or two of Dodger fans, and that is impressive. It is a baseball uh, mad country, and they basically just said, "We are the Dodgers." And every other, if you're going to be, well, you're going to be a, a Mariners fan now. I mean, the Mariners had their run. What are you going to be? You're going to be a Reds fan. You know what I mean? So you're going to put on that that uh, very recognizable blue and white hat. Uh, makes me sick. Yeah, Grant, how are you doing, man? Are you? I mean, I guess you, I'd rather have Tom Murphy. <laughs> Tom no Murphy, man. The, Tom well, Murphy. The, <laughs> why are we? Why are we? Crap. The Giants Tom had Tom Murphy. Murphy. Fine player. For like uh, a week in uh, 2021, and then they traded him away, and I've regretted it ever since. And look, look at us now, baby. Look at us now. Got, yeah, got him back. Yeah, no, you know, I, I 40, like him. I think it's a good player. Uh, it's funny because Giants fans are just livid online. Not necessarily about Yamamoto. That's that's past. They've gotten that out of their system. They're on the 13th stage of grief or whatever. But just in terms of not doing anything, and you look around. Nobody's doing anything. This is the weirdest offseason ever-ish since. I mean, there was that Harper Machado one where the, you know, the uh, fake austerity. It's, I mean, there have been weirder offseasons, but I, I was expecting more movement than this by now. This is not fake austerity. This is like inflation. 
we're dealing with. Because the price, I mean, if you're talking to executives, they'll just tell you the same thing over and over. Prices. Like, the price. I don't like the prices on anything. Like, I don't like what these players are asking for. And, like, hey, man, that's the free market, baby. And we are the only pro-labor baseball podcast. So we love it. We love to see guys who had five ERAs get paid. Like, Go get awesome. that bag. Yes, get a bag. Get a bag and put money in it. That's what that phrase means, right? Get, the, get a bag of money? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm... 46 year old doofus and get that back to grant you sold that hard like you invented the phrase <laughs> that was impressive i'm like yeah go get, get that bag yeah, like i always been saying management no don't get that bag get that bag. get it get it get the bag <laughs> anyway yeah. yeah you sound no, like I, a dad you sound like yelling get off the shed uh, uh the, yeah that's my default yeah so i think like what you're seeing is it's you know it's not so much that the teams are claiming austerity as they did like in 17 and 18. It's more they're just like, I saw that player pitch. I don't want to pay him $20 million <laughs> next year, you know. But guess what? That's the going rate. And so that's why, you you know, like the Chris Sale trade happens. And I think that's like a direct result of the prices. I mean, like, you know, Frankie Montas got $16 million. I mean, coming off like major shoulder surgery like that you know that's not how it used to work and hey that, that's just kind of there's a ton of money in the game so you might as well go to the players but i think if you're executives who are looking at it through what their models say what players are worth maybe the models need to be adjusted because clearly like past performance is netting uh something at a at a different rate in terms of what the pay is well the models right are based so much on injury history and projecting whether guys will post or not and I think if there's an adjustment to be made, it's more like, well, you're just going to have to take more risks on that end of it now. Because if you don't, you end up basically getting nobody, right? Like, it's, I think that's sort of where this ends up falling. Yeah, the financial part, certainly the prices. But when it comes to pitchers in particular, I think it's a lot of it is, is the injury aspect and, and how teams are evaluating that. Because, you know, at the winter meetings, actually, I was talking to you know, longtime agent, someone I've known for a bit. And we we're just talking about the market. And he brought up Yamamoto. And he's like, the second that this guy comes off, I think you start to see a flurry. We haven't seen that right now. Part of that's a holiday break. Okay. Um, but I don't think that's all of it entirely. I think it's kind of to the to Andy's point, you know, the prices are, are giving people pause. Um, I think that's directly tied to sort of having to hold your nose with some of the injury history stuff with these guys. Like uh, maybe that's sort of where it's at. But, you know, I do think though that I was shocked at how many folks on our top 40 are still unsigned. Honestly, that that's really surprising, but um, it's not hard to see it like, you know, one more domino falling or whatever. And it, it starts to move quickly too. I could see that happening as well. Well, looking through, I mean, it's Cody Bellinger, Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell, Matt Chapman, do those guys have anything in common? Is there <laughs> one unifying figure who ties them all? Yeah, man, we're in Boris season, baby. Like this is, you know, this is Scott's time to shine. This is why he gets paid the big bucks, uh, or whatever gets the big bucks through commissions. Yeah, and so I think actually, like, there has it's not that there's been a flurry, but like a lot of a lot of good players a lot of you know recognizable players have signed it just happened in drips and drabs so you know you're talking about like eduardo rodriguez michael waka uh you know jack flaherty like craig kimbrell's off the board like there's been a lot of pretty recognizable guys but there wasn't because 
Yamamoto and Otani kind of held up the market. There wasn't that flurry through the winter meetings. It's kind of been like here and there. But you look up, you know, like Sonny Gray's sign, Aaron Nola's sign. You know, it's time to start like, you know, it's time to start finding someone to put on your dance card. You know what I mean? I agree. This would be the perfect segue into that segment we were talking about. But I just want to talk. I just want to talk about Chris Sale um, just for a little bit because that's actual baseball news. Uh, I like the move from the Braves perspective if only because if you're trading for Chris Sale you're trading for upside and if you're trading for that upside which probably maybe is is the odds are against you you should have some depth and right now the the Braves rotation Strider Freed Charlie Morton uh, Chris Sale and, and maybe Bryce Elder um, you still have uh, you still have depth behind that you've got AJ Smith I've never said this name out loud I'm just gonna say Schwave AJ Smith Schwave is it Shaver it's gotta be Shaver right <laughs> oh my god that's i would thought you were talking about a completely different person it's a it's Schwave. yeah rustin's cousin dylan dodd yeah. oh yeah <laughs> you got uh yeah you know you got a uh, hurston waldrop uh he was in AAA. I know i know uh hurston waldrop you know the braves classically have that kind of depth because their pitchers seem to fall apart um you've got maybe ian anderson coming back uh, from tommy john surgery at some point I like that move for a team that is set up to have surprises, have uh, contingency plans, stuff like that. They're not banking at all. It's not like it's the Cardinals, you know, getting Chris Sale or something like that. It's it's the Braves. Ah, uh, I don't know, Grant. I don't. I, hit me with hit me with some. Reality. Well, I I look at it this way. There was a lot of discussion about you know after the Braves crashed out in the first round, if they needed to like shake it up. Right. If they needed to, you know, change the chemistry in the room, if they needed to, you know, do this, if it didn't do anything drastic. And clearly they have decided that the answer to that is no, because they haven't done anything drastic. They haven't traded any of their, you know, star, uh, like, or not star, but just any other core position players. They haven't altered that. The moves they've made have been like complicated, but cosmetic, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think the addition of Jared Kellenick changes too much about the trajectory of the Braves because I think the Braves are still good for the reason they were good last year. Um, Sale, to me, he feels like less physically reliable Charlie Morton in some ways in that you're just hoping he's right when October rolls around. But also, this is a guy who's made like 30 starts in the last four seasons. I mean, like Chris Sale's like borderline Hall of Famer. We don't need to let – like this is not like – you know, denigrating the career of Chris Sale. Like, he's, a, you know, the best player to never win a Cy Young in this generation. He's awesome, all that stuff. But, like, he hasn't been that guy in quite some time. He's shown flashes. The Velo's been there. But, like, you look at what he did last year. It's all, you know, he's he was on the Boston Red Squints, and you had to squint to believe in it long term. I understand the decision to go after him, and considering, you know, I think the Braves uh, got some money picked up by the Red Sox. Uh, so given the prices, like I saw, it was like maybe it was like ten and a half million, right? Is what it's going to be for this year. Given the prices, right, ten and a half million for Chris Sale, yeah, that seems pretty reasonable. But I just don't know if it changes anything about their outlook, really. Because I, I, I still think they're like the best team, but I feel that way because of who they were, not because of anything they've done. If that makes sense. Isn't that though? When you're talking about team that's already good, you are trying to improve at the margins, and the margins in this case is just the the pitching depth. That, that Grant's talking about. That, this is sort of the only place where you're already fundamentally a really good team where you can get better, right? Is on the edges? Well, so is no, that but what like you could have, you can sign Blake Snell. 
here's the thing. Like, okay, so you guys. Why are you rolling your eyes at me? What do you got? Liberty Media stock? What are you rolling your eyes at me for? I'm not. I don't own stock or anything. (laughs) That I believe. You know, you guys know Billy Madison. Yes, I know. He's a a great scholar. All right, all right. So, so you know the scene where Steve Buscemi comes in and and snipes a guy at the right time and says, "Correct." I'm sure glad I called that guy. The Braves are looking for a. I'm glad I called that guy. Now, do you do it with Chris Sale? The chances are lower. Or you do it with Blake Snell for like two hundred million? I don't know, man. I think Sale has a chance to be in October. I'm glad I called that guy. Someone who takes the Braves' rotation from just you know solid, great, good, whatever adjective you want to use, and just takes it up another level. Where you're going, oh my god, we got to face Strider and Sale, and then there's you know lurking in the background. You've got you know Freed. It just he gives them that potential to just take it up one extra level. Where you know Snell could do that maybe. And I'm trying, I'm like racking my brain for who else. I mean, it, it there just aren't that many. Yeah, I mean, someone like again, and they're not. They've they've made pretty clear that it seems like at the very least they're not going to be in the like the Jordan Montgomery market. You know, um, their their interest in Aaron Nola was trumped by you know what the what the Phillies were doing. And so, yeah, I, I, what I am saying, I'm not even like necessarily criticizing the offseason. I just think it's been uh, it it struck me that what they're doing is emblematic of the confidence they have in the group that they've assembled. Mm, fair enough. Because fair enough. they're just like being like, no, let's like run it back and make it a little bit better on the margins. Rather than, you know, I don't know, do something nuts like, you know, trade Ozzy Albies or trade, you know, Sean Murphy or whatever the heck. Like, I'm not, yeah, like that's what I'm suggesting. The thing, Andy, about like, and they're particular, and we've joked about this, but it's not a joke. When you sign that many people to team friendly deals, like you're, you're, you're sort of already baking in the fact that it would take something cataclysmic for you to change gears to do what you're talking about, right? Think about the return that you'd have to, you know, get back to justify dealing someone like totally you know like that would never happen but like (laughs) my point is they've got all these guys locked up right they're committed they're already in so like even if it wasn't you know let's say it was hard to go sideways on them a little bit like it's just hard to envision them shaking up the mix so much because uh you know they've already committed to these guys in the long term and at prices by the way that are incredible if you're from the club perspective no they're they're plug and play 95 wins this is embarrassing but i do have to correct your verbiage uh this is the only pro labor podcast so we don't use team friendly contracts they are owner friendly contracts okay let's 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 see who really benefits here friend and grant just a reminder these owners are billionaires (laughs) billionaires do you know how many million dollars there are in a billion mark Uh, do you know a lot thousand right a thousand billions mm-hmm. a thousand millions wow and a billion. thousand millions wow yeah that's a lot of money that's, that's a lot crazy. of money makes you think man all right uh let's move on we, nothing's really happened we've talked about the two things that have happened since we last potted um so we have to force the content we have to come up with clever things <laughs> well that's a huge shot at mitch garver but okay <laughs> Huge shot. Mitch Garver's a good player, by the way. He batted third for the team that won the World Series. It, Mitch Garver's good. I I was uh, hoping the Giants would get Mitch Garver. Uh, think he would have been a good fit, but I think he wanted a little bit more playing time than to be a caddy in DH. So I get that. Uh, Tom Murphy was just a uh, fine fit. Everyone's talking about Tom Murphy around here. All right. <laughs> uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to go around and pick a player and then assign him to a team. 
Like, I'm tired of this. I'm, I'm ending free agency right now, at least at the top of the market. Uh, I'm just going to, we're going to go around and we're going to pick some of these players and say, you go here. And then we'll have a little discussion about it. What do you think? Okay. All right. I, I will go first uh, and I will go with Blake Snell and I'm going to uh, assign him to the Angels because there's a rumor out there that the Angels are interested in him. And I think that's just so hilariously misguided and perfect. And it's it's it, you get all of the the downside of Snell without any of the measurable immediate upside that you should be chasing. Um, I love it. Chef's kiss. Yeah. I mean, this is going to irritate both fan bases, but the Angels really have replaced the Mets as just sort of the, oh boy. the punching bag franchise. Oh, uh, boy. Because that would be an incredibly Angelian decision. I to, saw the rumor. You know, to lock in Blake Snell for eight years, you know, at, at top of the market rates, given where their franchise is when they just so clearly need to be, you know, tearing down to the studs and trying to rebuild. I love it. Yeah, great, great stuff, Grant, as always. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I do look at, you want someone with immediate upside. And, and the, the Giants are in that spot where everyone's grumbling and you can go back and say, here's the Cy Young guy. And and I don't know, it, it makes the team better. I don't know if it makes them a wild card favorite. Pretty sure it doesn't. Um, so you, I'm thinking about the teams that would need, you know, if you can count on Blake Snell for three years and you're pretty sure you're going to get Cy Young caliber pitching for three years, what's the best fit for him? I mean, I'm, I'm looking through, uh, the Braves worked, uh, you know, I did the Orioles, but the Orioles are going to do that. You know what I mean? Like what's the best fit for him? Oh, I mean, he would be, I mean, yeah, he's sort of exactly what the Orioles should be doing, but you know, they're, they're not going to, I thought he would have been a great fit on the Dodgers. Um, and there's still room in the rotation for him, Grant, and they still Son have that a, credit card. Son of a uh, but yeah, God, that would be great. I mean, that would be very funny. It'd be pretty funny. Oh man, be that fun. would be hot. I'd love that. <laughs> I think they would. I, I mean, we'll like we'll see, dude. This is the thing about where the Dodgers are is like a lot of the way that we've understand how they've worked is changed, and so they before Yamamoto they had not really demonstrated that, and now it's clear. It's like, oh wow, they're they like why can't they sign Blake Snell for two hundred million dollars? Like why not? It's just sitting there. Is Kershaw coming back? We shall see. It's down to one on, of two you know. options. I you don't. Know. I don't. Text him right now. I just filed a manuscript today that doesn't have the answer in it, okay? <laughs> it's tough. To, dude, we're, we're going down to the wire right now. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair uh, no enough. one besides Clayton Kershaw, no one wants a resolution to his free agency more than me. Okay? Is it, isn't, isn't he in your phone as Kersh? No, he's not in there. Oh, Although uh, Dylan uh, Hernandez told me that. I, of, I didn't believe him. One of my best friends uh, is a guy named John Clayton, and there's two Claytons in my phone. And uh, I often just search, you know, Clayton. And I very often text, you know, John stuff about the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm there's been multiple occasions where I've accidentally come this close to texting Kershaw, go birds, uh, which <laughs> would be very confusing. You should do it now and see how he responds. No, he's a he's a Cowboys fan. They're they're in first place. It's very irritating. I've got a friend who's right between uh, Ken Rosenthal and Kirk Reader on my phone. <laughs> and so when I'm just looking at my contacts going, yeah, I've made it. I'm, then I'm like, damn it, I need to call him. And so then I, I do. So thanks to those guys to remind Mark, me. Mark, who's a famous person in your phone besides David Wright? I don't have any famous people in my phone, I don't think. No, not a lot. Just a bunch of baseball dorks. Yeah. <laughs> Grant, you can text Grant Brisbane whatever you want. People would pay for that. People would pay. Anyway, Blake Snell, uh, 
be a long text, though. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Blake Snell, I, I think uh, Angel. <laughs> well, that's a good one. Uh, Blake Snell uh, to the Angels. All right. Uh, who wants to go next? And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. Oh, I don't know. Why don't I just do Matt Chapman and Chicago Cubs? Ooh, oh, okay. That's ooh. spicy. They, they uh, Didn't they just spend on... Uh, uh, no, let's let him pronounce it. I want him to see him pronounce it. It's going to be fun. You should have let me pronounce it. Oh, wait, no. That's someone else. No, never mind. The red sign, that guy. Never mind. Oh, boy. We are... I mean, I don't think the Cubs have added a single player no, to the their 40-man roster. They have done literally nothing. I like how Andy and I are on the same page of being completely wrong about baseball. <laughs> Dude, it's every winter. It's like brainworms. No, it's uh, it's it's Chamber Candelario. Yeah, no, I, I, I had brainworms like, for a second. I was positive the Cubs had re-signed him for like $70 million, but no, that was the red. They've got Nick Madrigal as their uh, starting third baseman, so Mark gets the point. Mark gets yes, the point. I'm going to just do that because like, they haven't done anything, and it's certainly a fit. So, you know. There you go. I was going to say the same team for every top free agent, so I'll just save that bit for when I go. But yes, I, I sure makes sense. Yeah, all right. What are the Cubs doing? You got Max Muncy at third. Where, where right does, now? Nothing. Where does Chapman go on the? No, Dodgers? no, no, no. I have another. No, oh, no. He's going to say Rockies. It's going to be awesome. No, it's not. Angels. No. All right. Okay, we're done. Ch- Chapman's pretty straightforward. <laughs> I went boring, but it works. Your turn, Andy. Cody Bellinger. Yeah. San Francisco Giants. Yeah. Biscuit. Possibly. I doubt it, though. I doubt it. They, I think they're rightfully scared about the, he's reinvented himself. He's cut way down on the strikeouts. Like, he's such a freaky talent that he can say, I'm going to cut down on strikeouts and then, like, go down to be one of the better contact hitters in the league, which is nuts. No one does that. No one does that. But it's come at the cost of some exit velocity. And when you're talking about a left-hander at Oracle Park, I just don't see them taking that plunge, especially after they got uh, uh, Lee. So I, Producer Brian says the Giants are stacked in the outfield with the Az and Austin Slater. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I just, I don't know. I think they want to build. If they're going to contend, they should do a, a super rotation, a, at least as close as they can get. Just give goofy money to Snell and, and Imanaga and, and, and I don't know, whoever else, Montgomery even. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't mean to be like super rotation. Like who, what? <laughs> like Logan Webb is is really good, and Anthony Scalfani has had. Dude, the look on your face was amazing, and like, what, and Grant turning right. red All as right. he did that was wonderful. Anyway, a shot at a super. So Alex Cobb is really good. Okay, he's coming off hip surgery, and he he will be back in like May or something. Uh, but you've got Logan Webb. I'm looking at roster rehort resource. Go, go, yeah. Explain this to me. So if you go, and I'm not talking about Desclafani and Stripling. I'm saying if you go with Webb, you've got Cobb. You make two moves where you get Snell, you get Imanaga, you get you're, you're trading uh, for you know someone who you're trading for Dylan Cease or something. That's what I mean. Like you you need extra steps, and then you're hoping for Kyle Harrison to have a breakout year. That's my. I'm not. They they they're far away from it now. Trust me. They've got depth. They've got you know, Tristan Beck and Keaton Wynn. 
And uh, overall, they should have a ton of pitchers who can give you at least solid innings, but they have a chance to somehow get pitchers who can do more than that. And that's what they should go after more than Bellinger. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's that's an awesome, that's also a strategy. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, if, if they feel like Lee is the guy in center field and, you know, they want to go with <laughs> You know, he has and Slater in the corners. Yeah, sure. Okay. Oh, it sounds sounds like a recipe for, you know, success. Who's next? Uh, it's me. And so I'm going to go, uh, let's see who we got. Oh, you got Jordan Montgomery. Uh, just get just get him back on the Rangers. You know what I mean? I, I think uh, the Rangers, they, they have some championship money to spend. Uh, he would be a, a beloved uh, rotation. You said, yeah, they've got money to spend. I, not in the general sense, but they got, they're selling t-shirts now. They're selling uh, hoodies. They're selling uh, commemorative specks of uh, champagne cork and stuff. Like, you know, that the championship brings in a ton of money. So get one of the guys who's responsible for it. Uh, hope it works out. But I think it also makes baseball sense. Uh, I don't know. Like Montgomery's such a, his stock went up so fast. And you have to think that there's going to be uh, a little correction on that. But the Rangers can absorb that a little bit. And they would also just be like, oh, we love that guy. Yeah, I think it's it's a fit for sure. He's a like a number three starter in the most um, in the most like uh, positive way to say that a number three starter is awesome. Every team should want a bunch of number three starters, and he's reliable. He's been healthy. You know, he pitched well in the postseason. All those sorts of things. I think he like pitched himself into a position where he's going to get paid like a different sort of pitcher than he is, which is probably somewhat affecting his market. I guess. Um, but still, really good, definite asset. They're they're in a weird spot because you know their TV deal is affecting some of their spending, and they also have this theoretical line change coming uh, mid season. You know when, in theory, Jacob Degrom, uh, Max Scherzer, um, Kershaw. There might be another you know Hall of Fame left hander uh, who could be part of the mix there. You know who could be coming back late summer. But again, all of those, it's like look, they're three. You know, two Hall of Famers and, you know, the, the best pitcher of the last five years, but all of them are coming off major injury. And Kershaw's not even on the team, so, like, there's no point in banking on that. But, yeah, I, I do think that the, the Rangers could use a, a little bit more. They also have Tyler Molly, friend of the show. Uh, they signed him on, like, the same sort of, like, he'll come back midseason, I think, or he's rehabbing, whatever. Um, you know, one of those, like, investment plays. So they could use some, like, short-term stability, or they could just say, like, hey, we've got enough coming on the back end. Like, we don't really need to pay, you know, $180 million. We can just kind of roll the five guys we've got. Um, but it is a fit, and I think if their TV deal was more stable, they probably would have been a little bit more aggressive. But also, like, they've got a good club, and the strength of their club is banging that ball around, and all their guys are going to be back to do that. What do you think about the whispers of Montgomery back to the Yankees? Doesn't that seem odd and in, in honestly like when i look at jordan montgomery this is a guy who's going to throw 175 innings for you like you can bank on that right and, and those innings can you know there's a range of outcomes for that like every pitcher but you know you can bank on him posting I, that's a huge deal so like i mean when you hear rumors about the yankees well that's been a problem for him outside of garrett cole's dudes who are going to post for them so it makes sense and and you know here's another thing about free agency that you know, folks forget, or it doesn't get talked about enough. But you know, you're you're talking about a gigantic salary. This guy's gonna make a hundred million dollars, probably. All right, it kind of helps that you know him a little bit, 
right? So that makes a lot of sense to me, actually. Now, I think, you know, they're going to have a lot of competition. Actually, like, you know, Andy, the Dodgers idea seems kind of fun. <laughs> I mean, seriously, because like, yeah. what could the Dodgers use, dude? So, like knowing ballast. what they're going to get out Cost of one of these guys. Ballast, yeah, ballast. And, and he's that. He's exactly it. Ballast is a great way for, and that is a compliment. In today, like that should be a compliment. So I think that actually fits really, really well. Grant's stories have a lot of ballast to them too. They uh, sure do, and I cut them this year. That's a year of cutting, 2024. Yeah, I cut well, them stories in half. That's the thing. I'm just about kidding, it. Grant. If you <laughs> getting mad, I'm I'm messing with you, dude. I'm, I'm kidding. This is a bit. I'm starting to be insecure. <laughs> if you put Jordan Starting? Montgomery on the Dodgers, all of a sudden it's like, hey, we don't really need, like, we don't have to worry about where we can slow play Walker Bueller. Glass now. Oh, well, he's glass now. Yeah, I mean, they're going to they're gonna be doing a six man rotation regardless. So, like, it's, you know, you might as well add a guy to the mix, um, you know, who's has, but, but again, it's like, that's the, the, the thing with the Dodgers that we're going to find out is just how aggressive they can be with this crazy money they've got. Because there was always, you know, there was like, well, we don't want to go too far over the CBT. You're like, oh, well, you know, we don't want to sign this like mid-tier free agent because, you know, he's not worth it. And now it's like, well, we just got a pile of money just laying there. Like, it's just going to sit there. We might as well use it. So, I don't know. I'm still like wrapping my head around the new Dodgers sort of financial paradigm because I've had so many conversations with their people over the years about like how they view the free agent market. And it's just so ingrained into me being like, that's not the sort of player that they go for. But now it's sort of like, well, maybe it is because they have this free money. Free money. Free real estate. Free it's real. Free. It's free real estate. Well, I mean, it's, it's equity. Yeah. You know, again, Shohei Otani equity. So, you know, what is the same? You want to talk about someone you could just put on the Dodgers? Like, what about Josh Hader? Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not? Why not? Yeah. Grant's so upset. This, uh, <laughs> I, I love that this is just going to be a whole thing about how the Dodgers should sign yeah. every remaining free agent. <laughs> I just like, you said Josh Hader on, on the Dodgers, and it's like, oh, that is a really good idea from a baseball perspective uh, and a really annoying one from someone. And again, like, I'm not a fan. I promise you. Like, I'm, I'm it, it's, it's more, I just have to hear it from the people who are still fans. Like, it's, it would be, Really annoying for the every win that the Dodgers get and the Giants don't is another person in the comments uh, calling me a Pollyanna or calling me a <laughs> mouth mouthpiece of the organization or calling me a negative Nancy. I get both. Like I'm I'm both too cynical and too rah rah. Um, so I don't want to hear it. See, like I and we make fun of you a lot on this show, Grant, for not having a fucking clue. But you really do. <laughs> Like, you really do write about the Giants in a very clear-eyed way. In a way that, like, when I read what you're writing, I'm like, that is really, like, that, yeah, that's what's going on. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I, I try to be, I don't try to be rah-rah, and I don't try to be cynical. I'm just sort of like, oh, okay, here's, but too many words, says producer Brian. <laughs> you know what? Every word, every extra, every extra ten words is a special little joke that's meant for you. The person listening to this, that's that's a joke for you. That's, that's you your showing special little your, joke. Uh, that's you showing off your fake Simpsons fandom. But, like, what you're describing is, like, a suboptimal situation. And there's yeah. really not a way to write about the San Francisco Giants heading into 2024 in a way that can make their fans feel good because it's not a great spot. All their best prospects, or not all, but at, at least a couple of really good prospects have to bust out. 
and to just sort of carry the fan interest, Luciano with like an 850 OPS would do wonders. Like I saw when Pablo Sandoval uh, came up in 2008 and just, you know, had a marvelous end to his rookie season. And then in 2009, he's the only one who could hit the damn ball. Someone like that. They didn't do squat in 2009, but they got to point to Linscombe and they got to point to Sandoval and say, hooray for Giants baseball. And it's kind of unclear if that's going to happen this year. Right. right? You're dealing with, uh, you know, frankly, like a seven or eight year malaise, you know, uh, uh, among the fans as the team has gotten, you know, further and further away from that championship uh, sort of period. And you're dealing with, you know, the dragon down south and who like just keeps getting better and, and is being rewarded for the organization that they've built, that Shohei Otani decided to grace them with his presence and gift them this deferral money, right? Like, that's a, you know, like, there's been a lot of talks like, oh, this is unfair, you know, and like the big blah, 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 blah. It's like he could have done that for any team. He chose the Dodgers because they win 100 games every year. That's right. And so and a lot of that is this. money. A yeah. lot of that is money. But they've also made a lot of good decisions to get to the point where they've got this perpetual motion machine. You know, and that's why he, you know, decided to join up. When you said Dragon Down South, I thought you were referring to uh, the two generational talents in the Bay Area with Steph Curry and Brock Purdy, <laughs> um, both south of Oracle Park. <laughs> hey, um, when was the last time the Giants fan base was this angry, Grim? Last week. No, like, I mean, uh, obviously, yeah, right. Last. Tomorrow. <laughs> right. But like this period of time where... They've just racked up silver medals. Um, the team's gotten stale. I think that's the best word to use. Like there's, there's, hell, even you know, Bags has written about the stadium experience becoming stale, right? So that it's sort of permeating the organization. I'm curious, when was the last time that like that group was this pissed off? Because my my brother's loving it. He thinks it's <laughs> hilarious. Like he can't get enough. And he's sending me every anti-Giants meme he can find, and just rejoicing and and just wallowing and and, and just rolling around in this like pain, because like it, I think in his mind, like since the A's are leaving and he's all pissed off, then the Giants fans can be pissed off too. But like, when was the last time they were this collectively angry? I can give you an exact date. To be honest, I okay. can give you. Uh, it'll start. It takes a little bit of a preamble. Uh, Buster Posey's called something ups. new and different. Grant's going to take a while to get to the point. Lots of words coming your way. Lots of words. Uh, Buster Posey's Hit me, baby. Let's go. Buster Posey called up September 4th, 2009. His first at bat in the majors, September 11th. Seven days. They had games. Just didn't even get a pinch hit. Didn't get a start. Whatever. Okay. Uh, his first start, September 25th. So you have three weeks where he's just like not starting. Benji Molina's their cleanup hitter. What are you, you going to bench Benji Molina? Uh, so then that bleeds into the next year. Posey comes up. Now, now he's hitting. Now you have to keep him in the lineup. He's playing a lot of first base. Uh, eventually, Brian Sabin says, I got to get this toy away from Bochi. And he trades Molina to the Rangers. On July 4th, uh, 2010, Bruce Bochy pinch runs Eli Whiteside for Buster Posey in the extra innings at Coors Field to get a little extra speed. I'm not <laughs> sure, but that's the day I was just sure the Giants were never going to win a World Series ever. Bochy needed to be fired, and a lot of the fans were just mad. It was a bad extra innings loss, and they were mad at Bochy, and that was the end of Bochy's run with the Giants. <laughs> and that was the last they fired him after saw. the game yeah he yeah. was gone <laughs> that preamble was worth it this is uh a commentary somewhat on how the um 
the the commentariat has changed, but also how Bruce Bosey has changed, <laughs> right? Because he doesn't do those things anymore. But like this is the person you just described. I think a lot of fans would say that's the best manager in baseball. Yeah, I mean, it turns out it kind of is, you know. But it, but that's the that's yeah, that's the thing to me that is so crazy about managers, right? Is you can just hear him. You you just described a a, a completely insane sequence of events. Maddening. And if I needed someone to manage a game tomorrow, he might be my pick. He'd be the choice. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, that is actually, it's a great point. And we end up coming back to this every yeah, time. It's crazy, yeah. though. Uh-huh. It re- like, it really is a job that none of us understand, including the 30 men who do it, possibly. Like, <laughs> There's probably a reason. Like, I don't know if he, I don't think Benjamin Alina needed to, like, be given a clear message. Like, no, there's no threat, immediate threat. Um, we're just going to bury this guy. And the Giants were scoring, like, one point two runs per game with Benji Molina <laughs> hitting cleanup. It's like, this guy's hitting 350 in AAA. It's like, no, 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 we can't. We're going to find a bats for that guy. So just weird. Anyways. So I'm into horse racing real quick. Just like, and so um, when you're talking about managers, it reminds me of something that Andrew Byer told me once. So Andrew Byer is like big horse racing writer, created a speed figure, like, you know, kind of like the Bill James of horse racing, basically. You know, I got lucky. I was working at the Washington Post at the time. So was, Andrew was like a freelancer there forever. Um, we had lunch one day and you know, this is for like a dork like me who grew up at the track. Like it was pretty freaking cool. Anyway, I, I, you know, we're talking about horse racing and he said something I will never forget. He's like, this game's maddening to me because the people who should know tactically the most about this sport know the least. Huh. The jockeys. <laughs> so the jockeys made him crazy. Yeah. Like that, that it made, that's what made it so difficult to handicap. It was like human error. Was his point, and 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 so whenever the manager thing comes up, I think about that lunch at the Palm with Andrew Beyer, and, and him ripping on jockeys. Not Russell Bays though. That's the only one. Dude, Russell Bays, Russell Russell. Bay Meadow, baby. Bay Meadows. Yeah, right, Bay Meadows. There you go. Golden Gate Fields. Anyway, I have Andy, a, a, I have Andy's a, like, what the fuck is this? No, anyway. no, I'm not listening. I have a quick, <laughs> I have a quick question for both of you. Um, and as you both know, I'm not a Hall of Fame voter. However, I, I've been I've been kind of I you know keep keep abreast of what's going on in that world because I, I get paid for it. Um, and yes, uh, Kershaw's getting in. No, well, no, <laughs> hear me out, hear me out. Uh, based on uh, friend of the show Ryan Thibodeau's Hall of Fame tracker, uh, Joe Maurer, if he doesn't get in this year, like looks like he's gonna sail through in the next few years. He's at like he was at eighty three percent with a hundred ballots revealed or whatever, which isn't necessarily you know whatever. Mount looks like Maurer's gonna get in. Is Posey a Hall of Famer? Because I think so, but I'm not. I'm just curious. Like he's 40, 45 win player, but he's also Buster. He was like Buster Posey. I think it's unambiguous. But I'm also a Mauer guy. Um, but I, I just think you know if you're trying to tell the story of baseball in the 2010s, totally. yeah. Like how are you telling it without? And the the trump card for me is underrepresented position. You know what I mean? Like it it takes for Maybe this your, is a stupid question. I don't know. Yeah, no, no I mean, it's not. It's not. It's like not, I look, but like you you put his numbers up and stack them up with Thurman Munson. And it, it's closer than you might think, right? And Munson's not in. I think that's a mistake. I think Munson should be in. Um, but it's, you know, you've got guys historically, uh, it, you know, with uh, that just uh, don't get in. Uh, like Gene Tennis, maybe you can make an argument for. Uh, you've got Ted Simmons. It took a long, long time for him to get in the Hall of Fame. It's just an underrepresented position. And it's like, because there's no longevity. Yeah, I know. That's the point. They're catchers. Like, they're you, you're waiting for a unicorn 
unicorn who doesn't get ground into dust like Carlton Fisk? That's your that's your parameter. It's stupid. Look, I mean, I was voting. I actually sent my ballot in just a few days ago. I always do this. I wait until the end. And man, I'll tell you what shocked me about Joe Maurer. He was good for a long ass time, more than like what I thought in he, my mind. He, yeah, me too. I, yeah. I noticed that looking at baseball reference. Because like yeah. what I think this is classic recency bias because the, the entire conversation around Joe Maurer at the end was that he's, he's beat up. He can't catch anymore. He's playing first base. And at first base, he really isn't much of a presence as far as like, you know, what you would expect offensively from that position. He was never like a net negative for them or whatever. Right. He was about but, like, league He certainly average. wasn't. Yeah, like, uh, right, right L- about there. A little bit there, above right. league average, yeah. You know, so, but like when he was catching though, Holy shit, was he good? And he was longer again, good for longer than than I think a lot of baseball people. It'd be easy to forget, I guess, how long of a window of dominance this guy had, where he was like legitimately a top five player in the sport. And and I think Buster cast the same sort of like impact. Exactly the same for a lot longer period than probably people will remember. I'm a big person with hardware, like, okay, like you win the awards and like get recognition, sign of dominance. Um, I think that'll help. So anyway, Maurer, like, you know, was a, was winning batting titles and gold gloves as a catcher. And then you look at like OPS plus as a catcher. Oh my goodness. Like this guy was lethal. So anyway, it, it was, that was an easier decision for me that I thought going into it. Nine seasons from 2005 to 2013, he hit 323 with a 406 on base percentage, 466 slugging, uh, 135 OPS plus uh, as a catcher playing really good defense. Like no one, you know, he's a gold glover with three gold gloves in that span. Uh, no brainer for me as well. So no brainer. Like, and I didn't expect that actually. Cause like, look at all the black on there. Look at all the bold type in that. I mean, that's, yeah, again, it's hard to get hits and this dude was racking them up. You know, it was always in the middle of a lineup. That era of Twins baseball was pretty darn good, right? Like, I know that it, it gets screwed over because kept running into the Yankees or whatever. That was a pretty prosperous time for the organization as a whole. And this guy was right in the middle of it. Hometown kid, only played there. And for the majority of, of his career, was legitimately one of the top five to seven players in the sport. Yep, I'm in. Uh, real quick. Uh, it got to be real quick. Mark, did you vote for Chase Utley? No, we can get into that next week. That was a difficult Ooh. one. That was a Chase, hard one. Chase Utley, Hall of Famer. Right. I have a heart out, gentlemen. Dog. I got to take my daughter to soccer practice. Uh, so this has been episode 79. Uh, less banter at the end. Sorry about that. Uh, if you're here for the banter, uh, we'll banter next time, which is uh, January 16th is our next show. Uh, so we will see you then. Maybe Blake Snell's sign. Maybe he won't. Who knows? See you then. I was very wrong. <laughs>